Hello, I'm Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, and welcome back to another week of Built to Thrive, where all this week, we're looking at what affects our mood, especially in these cold winter months. And if you think you might have the winter blues, I want to unpick a little bit about what that means and give you some practical tips on staying happy and well at this time of year. Dark days, grey skies and freezing temperatures, it's no wonder we might feel a little bit low at this time of year. The winter months can be a slippery slope if you're not careful. First, you start to cancel plans because it's too cold outside, then your exercise routine goes out of the window, your body craves comfort food so you give in to more carbs and sweets, and before you know it, you become sedentary, housebound and you've got an insatiable appetite for binge-watching television. Add to that the restrictions that many countries have had in place over the past two years, and January, and indeed February, may feel like long and difficult months to get through. And whilst the podcast this week isn't going to instantly make you love winter, I do hope that my health advice on well-being, in conjunction with a healthy routine of proper nutrition, exercise, socialising with friends and family, and simply getting outside more, will help you make the grey days more tolerable. When the seasons change, I think all of us are affected to different degrees. Some people seem to sail through without any problems, whereas others seem to really, really struggle. And I think it's worth unpicking as to why that might be. Now look, here in the UK where I live, the days, of course, are shorter in the winter. The further north you go, the gloomier it gets. And there are parts of northern Scotland that only get an average of just 64 minutes of sunlight a day. And looking out the window from where I am now in the north of England, I can't pretend it's a pretty sight. It's cold, it's dark, and it's pretty grey. And people who are sensitive and susceptible to seasonal affective disorder begin to develop a fairly predictable cluster of symptoms. They slow down, they're less energetic, they find it harder to wake up in the morning, and they tend to oversleep. They also begin to crave sweets and starch, they often overeat, and they start to gain weight. In addition, they actively withdraw from friends and family, but all of this occurs slowly over weeks or months. And recognizing these symptoms is really, really important because they set in slowly and many of us fail to notice until we've hit a real low point. It's a little bit like the boiling frog syndrome. The notion that a frog immersed in gradually heating water fails to notice the creeping change in its circumstances, even as it's literally being boiled alive. I've had so many patients over the years who say the winter months have really affected their mood, their sleep, appetite and energy levels and they feel like a completely different person than they did in the summer. Hopeless, sad, tense, irritable or stressed with no interest in friends or activities that they normally love. And it can take a toll on all aspects of our lives, from our relationships and social life to work, school and our sense of self-worth. The most common period for the onset of seasonal affective disorder is late October through November. January and February are the worst months overall and the symptoms don't fully subside until early May. The good news is that all of these symptoms tend to reverse when spring and summer arrive. It can affect people of any age, children can also be affected. And the research suggests that women tend to get it more commonly than men by a factor of about three to one. And that's thought to be due to the secretion of female sex hormones that sensitize the brain to changes in environmental light. 
Now, I'm often asked by my patients as to what causes the winter blues. Scientists are still trying to understand the complexities and mood changes over the winter months. They haven't been able to pinpoint one distinct cause, but we do have some biological explanations that make a lot of sense. One thing that is a key player is our exposure to natural light. And when we think about health, we often don't think about light, but the right light at the right time is key for a variety of different biological processes. The timing of sleep, the depth of sleep, what we call your body's circadian rhythm, your mood, your appetite, all of these things are influenced by exposure to light. So what I want you to think about doing is getting at least 10 to 15 minutes natural light exposure every morning. Now, of course, any time in the day is useful, but first thing in the morning is particularly useful. Your eyes are actually a part of your brain, and the information your eyes receive is literally information for your entire nervous system. And of course, at this time of year, it can be tricky to motivate ourselves. In the summer months, yeah, we want to get outside in the morning at 6 a.m. and, you know, enjoy the sun on our face. But it's even more important in these cold, dark months. So how can you do that? There's all kinds of ways. You could do some morning exercise, of course, outside. We'll talk more about that in tomorrow's episode. But you could also just make it a habit that you get outside each morning. Maybe you make a hot cup of tea or coffee, go outside, and if you're lucky enough to have a garden, you could sit outside with a fleece on, enjoy the natural light, because as I mentioned, there are so many benefits when you do so. That's all I wanted to cover today. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking specifically about moving when we get outside, why that's so important for our moods. So enjoy your natural light today, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.